0: In this episode, I am joined by my sister Kay, and we're going to have a spoiler-filled discussion on the first season of Lethal Weapon.
1: Now that we realize it's over.
0: Yeah, we're doing this, uh, the The finale aired, what did we say, March 15th? Thereabouts. We're recording this nearly, not quite two months later, but almost, because... Um,
1: I was waiting for the final
0: episode. Same here. The way this, the finale ended, and we're going to start with the end and we'll work our way back. Sorry. We... Are going to spoil the season, obviously. Yes, and aspects of the movies. Well, At some point, we're going to do the movies as a as an episode.
1: Yes, but I think we may also accidentally go into conversations on Hawaii Five O, MacGyver, and a few other shows that really do what used to be called the buddy cop shows, but now are getting more dubbed as the bromances. Okay, all right.
0: Uh, I think there is quite a bit of ground to cover with this show. This was actually one of the ones I was expecting to be kind of one of our first uh, surprise sleeper hit, you know, pleasant surprises of the season episodes.
1: Well, and in terms of how we discovered it, I happened to see a commercial for it while I was watching something, found the trailer on YouTube and shot it to you with a, I didn't see anything about this at Comic-Con.
0: I knew it was coming, but I'll be honest, Damon Wayans, he's really known more for comedy, just did a sitcom and stuff. I really don't see him as the Danny Glover, you know, character. And uh, having just seen the previous season, um, the Rush Hour, Rush Hour series, that was just a, a swing and a miss. Yeah. I'm like, okay, I'll, 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 I'll go for the first, you know, episode, but it's a 30-year-old property.
1: I really liked the trailer slash commercial that I saw on TV. It grabbed me. It had really the best comedic moments, which that's a pro and a con for a commercial. Because if they snag all the best comedic moments... Yes,
0: if they take all of the redeeming moments of the thing and show it in the commercial, you're like, well, I saw that. I, there was nothing else in the episode. Forget yeah. it.
1: So I, I came into it with that fear in mind of did they, did they cherry pick too much into that commercial And by the time I got to the episode, was it going to fall flat because I'd seen the commercial so many times?
0: Well, there's that risk, and for a property that's about 30 years old, it's effectively a generation later. Yeah. Does what worked for the first movie, or even the other three, does that play well now? Can they make that translation in time?
1: But I also felt that it really didn't get that marketing and advertising push that a lot of shows were getting and that worried me
0: yeah there were a lot of reasons i think to be skeptical jumping back yes to to why we're doing this a little late the season ended on a note uh first off in march yes with 18 episodes it's like surely it'll go for 20 or 22 or some such with a setup for what i expected to be at least two parts Mm mm-hmm of just a set piece action almost movie quality stuff. Yeah. Part of what set my expectations for that were some of the earlier episodes. So to to get back into the right frame of mind for this, we just watched the pilot episode and the finale again.
1: And I think that was a really good approach. I mean, when when we say okay, let's at least watch the season finale again and have that fresh in our minds before we record And you said, do you want to watch the pilot also so we can see how far they came and where they started versus where they ended? I said, okay, that sounds great. But then the moment the pilot started, I said, I thought to myself, you know, this was an even better decision than I realized. Because that final episode builds on events that were in the pilot.
0: Agreed. Seeing the two as kind of that framing sequence, I think, worked well. I'll be honest, for reasons I don't want to go into... Um, I, I wouldn't have watched the pilot again if I had remembered parts of it. Because one of the things they do differently in this than the movie. In the movie, when we first see Martin Riggs, we hear about the wife's mm. death. We never see it. Yeah. And they set up Miranda Riggs and very quickly and effectively. And we see Martin go through mm-hmm. her death.
1: She's played by Florian Lima and she's also uh Maggie, she's Maggie
0: Sawyer and Supergirl.
1: Yeah, and talented actress. Very talented, but of the two characters, I think here she's so natural and just so in the moment and in the role.
0: There's a certain aspect of less is more.
1: Yeah. She,
0: her her character here, she's used sparingly. Mhm. But in the span of the opening, I don't know what, 3 5 minutes or something. Yeah. They set up Martin Riggs as this in Amazing shot, uh, adrenaline junkie, Texas Ranger type mm-hmm. that he's got a wife he's madly in love with. They're having a baby mm-hmm. and just they sell all of that. He's got this thing and this this life or whatever and then they just shatter it.
1: They sell his his both his attitude, his sarcasm, his sense of humor. They give you all of it. And part of what I really enjoyed and appreciate about Florian Lima's performance is... Is stop and think about how her portion would have been filmed in terms of she was on her own talking into a telephone, conveying all of the emotion, yeah. all of her scene. She really wasn't working off of another actor. She might as well have been performing against a green
0: screen. Well, at that point, she might not have met the guy Yeah, who, who played the husband. They may not have cast the guy at that point.
1: Yeah. And yet. She was just so clearly crazy in love, you know, very sweetly talking to him when she shuts the door and says, but first I gotta go to the hospital and have your kid. Yeah. You know, it was a fantastic performance.
0: There was a certain exuberance. And they, they both actors sold This Is A Couple In Love.
1: Yes. Yes.
0: And it was just, it was incredibly effective. And I had just forgotten how well they had shot yeah when he finds out there's a little bit of, of kind of an overlap of images he's sinking down on the side
1: and one of the things i love in that shot where he's uh, leaned up against a wall and sinking down is you know as anybody who's sunk down against a wall knows your clothing kind of gets caught on the wall but when his jacket gets caught you see his gun in the holster is hip, just kind of this reminder of it's not that He's oblivious to life and death decisions, etc. Yeah. But this has really hit home, hit him personally in such a profound way.
0: One of the major similarities and differences between the TV show and the movie is the Martin Riggs character is just mentally in a really bad place. Mm. Horrific thing has happened. He's having to deal with that. In the movie, they tell us. In the show, they show us.
2: Mm, they sell it
0: the entire season yeah he's getting better but there are times he's still on the edge yeah and having 18 hours minus commercials Mm. for that to kind of play out over versus a two-hour-ish
1: movie well and they did a great job with a jordan Brewster's character the shrink who is helping him and she i mean she clearly knows how to deal with ptsd police officers etc but she realizes he's dealing with both on the job stuff as well as personal grieving and so he's kind of got these two crosses he's bearing Mm -hmm. and each week she's gotta figure out you know where does he need more help it's not that he doesn't need help on one side or the other
0: yeah yeah
1: but how am i gonna help him walk that line
0: and the uh, the actor who plays Riggs, um,
1: Clane Crawford.
0: Clane Crawford. Yeah, I was trying to remember uh, the name. Um, very charismatic. Mm. Very uh, a little overblown at times in his acting. A little subtle in times. He's he's one of those that like at the end of the pilot where he's gone to the the pier to go rescue uh, somebody's son. He's like, yeah, I'm here for the kid. And he, as he's facing off five guys with guns, not just, you know, pistols, I mean, mm-hmm. uh, machine guns, I think, or just yeah. automatic weapons, whatever. Yeah. And he's got this big one he's sitting with and stuff.
1: Well, and he has a great line there, because he says, I came for so-and-so's son, the kidnapped kid. Now, if you have other kidnapped kids, I'll take them, too.
0: Well, the the line was that, but he sold it a little different. If you had, if any, I will take them, too.
2: Yes, yes.
0: You know, and he's got the the way he delivers the lines, there's a little bit of, of flip sarcasm, but there's also a deadly seriousness to it.
2: Yes, yeah.
0: This is a, a character who is uh, playful at times, but when, you know, when the action starts... He takes down three or four of the guys in very short order.
1: Mm -hmm. More than once, you know, in different scenarios. In
0: in that scene, he did it there. But in the bank scene earlier and a few others, certainly throughout the, the season.
1: You know, the thing that they do a good job of showing, though I'm not sure I could express it very clearly. It's not that he has a death wish because it's not that he's trying to die It's that he lost what he was living for and he misses his girl and wants to be with her.
0: He is not suicidal, but he's also not fearing of death. Yeah. And
1: he'll step into the path of death if it will save other people's lives because he doesn't fear what's on the other side of death either.
0: Yeah, the way that aspect of the psychology of the characters played throughout the season
2: Mm
0: -hmm. was just riveting to watch Mm
2: -hmm. yeah
0: because again he would take chances that was just utterly insane and then damon wayne's playing um roger mortaugh first off having a comedian in Mm. the role who can watch all of this other stuff the antics or whatever without kind of cracking up or whatever
2: Mm -hmm.
0: and can do the reaction shots of you know who would do that you know
1: They had a great bit where Riggs comes in and says, we have a DOA at such and such and we need to go. And Myrta looks at him and says, is he dead?
0: Well, and then Riggs comes back with the dead on arrivals. It means something different here. Kind of just this this innocent, you (laughs) know, and of course... Roger's thinking, you know if he's not dead by the time we get there, I know you're gonna kill him, sort of
2: yes, and
1: he says something very close to that. I wanted to make sure there was no one for you to kill when we got there.
0: If anybody checks this out and the first episode's not enough to sell them, give it another one or two because there was one early on where they uh have to go to a pretty fancy house in in the hills. Which I'm pretty sure was used in the second Lethal Weapon mm. movie. But in the course of that, there is a slow speed chase down yes. the city blocks of, of L.A. or whatever. And I forget exactly how it goes, but essentially, I think uh, well, Martin shoots the thing well the, they, and it was like a propane truck
1: well, they shoot the motorcycle and then the oh, motorcycle right, right, right. skids underneath hits the propane propane truck and it goes with this huge explosion and riggs has this perfectly innocent look on his face of but i shot the motorcycle not because yeah, he'd he just truck. been told
0: not to shoot the propane truck because it's a propane truck it'll blow up oh okay shoots the motorcycle spark 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 kaboom and then we get to the captain's office where it's like, you know, three million in damages or whatever. Yes. And the guy they have playing, the, the captain. um
1: Kevin Rom.
0: Yeah, does a terrific job. He used to be Roger's partner. Mm-hmm. So that's how they set up that kind of dynamic. And just the, he'll cover for these guys, but he's got to have something to work with here. Well, Massive and- property damage doesn't help.
1: And they having him be roger's former partner works in a variety of ways because it gives him not only that dynamic with roger but it explains in some ways why he paired roger with riggs because at one point he says you're the partner riggs needs
0: yeah it was one of those that riggs was forced on the department Mm -hmm. and it's like i gotta give him to somebody and Mm -hmm. this could be He he paired him with somebody he knew he could get an honest report back from.
1: Well, but it was more than that. I think he saw that whatever paperwork he originally got on the Riggs character, and it's if anyone can keep this character from self-destructing, Murtaugh can do that.
0: I think that's a fair read, but not knowing how the captain, had he met Martin, had he not, you know, not knowing any of that.
1: I think all he would have had is a basic profile of we got a, uh, what do you call it, a horizontal transfer or whatever. Um, But knowing that he was coming as a fresh widower.
0: I'm not sure if he knew that.
1: He seemed to know that he was a fresh widower. That's why he was making the transfer, but he didn't know who the father-in-law was. I thought it was interesting how long they kept in the dark, everyone, on the father-in-law.
0: When a few pieces of information trickled out. Both about Riggs and sometimes about other characters. You could almost see, I don't say the gossip tree or whatever, yeah. but the, again, they're, oh wait, I didn't know that kind of reactions mm-hmm. and stuff. The writing team on this clearly had seen and loved the films. Yeah. Understood what worked about them, what could be tweaked about them. Mm-hmm. And they made some changes that make this not just a carbon copy of the original, but changes that don't violate the original.
1: Well, one of the things that you pointed out to me when we sat down today to rewatch these that I hadn't picked up on before was how close, if not practically the same day, the timing feels for the life-changing events that made Riggs the person he is when we really get to know him in L.A., and same with Murtaugh. Well, both of them
0: have, well, say have newborns, that's not true. Um, Yeah. Martin's wife dies the day she was going to give birth, and Roger has a heart attack when his wife gives birth. Mm -hmm. And we see this all six months later. Yeah. Now, based on what we see of of Roger's uh, kid, I'm going to say it's more than six months, but I I don't know. To me, there's a certain symmetry of having...
1: It seems to be he got his six-month-after-all-the-heart-stuff clearance to go That's back to work. That's
0: kind of what I'm feeling, too. Yeah. And I'm going to go with that because I like the symmetry of them both having, mm-hmm. kind of, as, as crazy it may seem, on the same day, a, a life-changing event. Well, For one, it goes horribly wrong. Yeah. For one, he gets incredibly lucky and it goes okay.
1: Yeah, but it was still earth-shattering for each of them. Their lives entirely changed.
0: It was certainly life changing. I think everybody goes through moments in their life, whether they're clearly identified as literally a split second kind of a moment or something that there is a, a longer elapsed time, but there's a very clear before and after. Yeah. You know, when somebody gets married or something, that's that's one of those things—the birth of a child, sort of a thing. Yeah. The starting of a new job. I mean, there's certain things that have that kind of a deal, and when they start the season or the series just enough before Martin's event, and we can kind of see all of that. Mm-hmm. And we pick up six months after Rogers, yet, I mean, the whole concept of he had a heart attack, newborn, okay, we, we can conceptually understand that. We didn't need to see that yeah. happen. Yeah. Well, know?
1: and the way they present it to us in terms of we are shown at the very beginning, okay, he's recovered from... Heart incident, etc. but they wait until Riggs is at the house having dinner and just realized wait, they also have a baby to let him you know find out and sort of piece it all together, and for the two of them to be realizing how how similar and different their lives were, yeah, at that point six months ago, and I think one of the most interesting characters to watch throughout the season was actually Roger's wife.
0: That was one of the characters they changed up a bit from the movies. In the movies, they're well off, but we don't really understand until a few movies in, I think, as to where the money's coming from, or it's clearly the wife or whatever. Her occupation was not lawyer, it was writer.
2: Ah, okay.
0: And I think it may have been the third or fourth where it reveals what she was writing, what pen name she's going under and stuff. Because um, it was like, you know, romance novels yeah, okay. or something, you know, yeah. whatever. And, of course, that becomes a topic of conversation between Martin and Roger and stuff. But I think changing her to a, uh, I guess, a defense attorney or Mm -hmm. whatever, Mm -hmm. smart move because it it gives her that much more of a sharp wit, uh, a powerful uh, dynamic aspect to her personality it gives her an inroad into knowing the other cops and interacting with them
1: it also opened up a great avenue for humor back at the police station
0: just humor in many regards
1: yeah and she also being a very intelligent character she seemed to realize from that first time rig showed up at their house and she invited him in and he sat down to dinner with them this is a person who hasn't had home cooked meal in eternity This is a person who is untethered and who needs a family, who needs a lifeline. And she realizes, if my husband is out on the street with someone who does not share my first rule of of come home alive.
0: Roger comes home alive, yeah.
1: You know, then we have a problem. And what she gradually realizes is a subtle mistake has been made. Riggs is fully on board with Roger comes home alive. And she's well, having to work with Riggs on both of you
2: come home alive.
0: That was something that in some of the episodes between the two we just watched of the beginning and the end of the season, there were one or two times where she was very clear
2: mm-hmm.
0: of, you know, he comes home, my husband comes home alive. and
2: mm-hmm.
0: He is like, yes.
2: Mm-hmm.
0: With, and it was a very clear implication that if Roger didn't make it home alive, Martin shirt sure, certainly wouldn't have either. Oh yeah.
1: Yeah. And that's you know. that's always a condition. But she by the end she's making sure he realizes it's not that I only want him home yeah. alive. I want both of you home alive.
0: Well, they do so much over the course of the season of again how Martin and Roger relate to one another, how they drive each other nuts, but how the very strong bond is, is built there. Yeah. And this has a lot of other characters in it it's an ensemble show it's not a
1: team show yes i would agree with that they and in fact they bring in kind of late well not late that's not fair but maybe three or four episodes in they bring in the cop who works uh gang crimes i think it There's two
0: other cops that we see one from i think even the pilot
2: Mm -hmm.
0: uh and then they bring in the the one who'd been in the gangs and he kind of comes and goes Mm mm-hmm The other cops we are aware of include the, I guess, the forensics guy. At first, I thought he was the coroner the medical examiner or whatever, but they kind of play fast and loose, and he's there with, like, it's a burnt-out car. Yeah. Why is the coroner there? I guess he's not a coroner.
2: (laughs) Yeah,
1: that's about where I was.
0: But also, we we get, um, was it the FBI agent? Hillary Burton's character.
1: (laughs) Oh, uh, DEA. DEA. They did a
0: pretty good job over the course of the season of pulling in Again a DEA character that we get to know quite a bit. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, Hillary Burton, who was also on white collar, she does a terrific job here. We get an episode with the Texas Ranger mm-hmm. which is a nice kind of a callback of of Martin's background. Um, they they pull in a lot of different aspects of of law enforcement. There are times that there are scenes almost. Well, not almost. There are one or two scenes that are straight out of the films. Mm. But to me, this first season more or less mirrors, and it's been ages since I've seen the first film, but more or less mirrors the first film. And I'm expecting the second season to more or less mirror the second film.
1: Interesting. And I don't mean yeah, by yeah. the
0: plot, but I mean by the relationship arc and some stuff like that. Well,
1: I thought, I, I mean, I loved watching the character relationships. I thought the humor was incredibly well done. The reason I mentioned Hawaii Five O up front is when I was telling friends about the show when it first started airing, I was telling them, you know, if you liked the uh, the banter on five O in they the try early to do seasons, McGarrett
0: and, and Danny.
1: Exactly. They, they nail it here.
0: Oh yeah. The they've got I'm curious about the the, the writer's room for Lethal Weapon. Because I think the plots of kind of the the crime they're solving and all of that, those are solid. Mm-hmm. They've got somebody who can kind of get that. There's the the banter, the dialogue, the humor aspect. Mm-hmm. They've got somebody who can nail that. Mm-hmm. Again, Damon Waynes having done a sitcom, having done you know Living Color, being a comedian, you know, certainly can help on that. Yeah. But they've also got somebody who can do the relationship arcs. Yes. Um, and just, I never feel like there's a character in one of these episodes that is either a filler, a stock character, or a chess piece. It's like, well, we needed to have the fake suspect, so it's this token character.
1: And on the same token, I never feel like they say, we need to bring in Hillary Burton as visiting expert DEA agent, which means we need to move one piece off the board. Because we can only handle a certain number of characters per episode.
0: Yeah, like numbers used to have that problem. Yeah. They've got, I think, a fairly well constructed show. If they needed to cut one of the the extraneous cops, the the girl, or the the gang unit guy, easily could. Mm-hmm. They're supporting cast. They're not central. Um, if they wanted to swap out the the coroner, or Scorsese character, or whatever, mm-hmm. for someone else, they easily could. Not essential, but adds a little. Uh, uh, well-rounding just with his sarcasm and so forth but so much of the show is just watching the dynamic between the two leads mm-hmm. and as much of a buddy cop show it is it is a uh a buddy comedy yeah i mean to me it harkens back to the days when you would have two comedians that just had that that interplay I, um i'd seen a photo of this Recently, so the one that's popping into my mind now is Perfect Strangers.
2: Oh, yeah.
0: It was a, a photo of Bronson Pinchot and... um.
1: Oh, I can't think of his name. Larry...
0: Oh, shoot. I'm forgetting his name.
1: I should think of it, too. Mark Lynn
0: Baker. It's Mark, Mark Lynn Baker. Lynn Baker. Baker.
1: Yeah. Not he guest those... starred on Blue Bloods recently.
0: What well, it was a photo of those two from when the show was, and now it's like 25 years later and the caption was kind of life happens or, yeah. you know, when you're not looking sort of a thing, but it's one of those... Those two on that show of Perfect Strangers had a really good back and forth yeah, and just a uh, comedic chemistry when that we don't often see these days. And I, I feel we're getting that with these two unlethal weapons.
1: Yeah. I love the stories about uh, Bing Crosby and Bob Hope.
0: Yeah. Same sort of thing.
1: Yeah. Because they were always reading the script, looking at the jokes, and they were trying to punch the jokes up and make it even better.
0: Tim Conway, Harvey Korman.
2: Yes. Oh. If if
0: you have not seen the old Carol Burnett show... Oh, wow. These were two comedians that both were, were incredibly talented. But when you put the two of them together on the Carol Burnett show stage, there was almost a game of, of one-upsmanship. I can do this better than you kind mm-hmm. of a thing. And they would just try... I mean, their goal was to get the other guy to laugh. Because if it yeah. was funny enough to get him to laugh, uh, the audience ought to enjoy it. Yeah. And here... We've gotten a laugh track, we're not playing for laughs or whatever, but the back and forth between Martin and Roger at times when they're questioning somebody, when they're about to do something incredibly dangerous or stupid or whatever, and they need a little distraction or whatever, it it plays like a almost a vaudeville routine at times.
1: I find myself laughing more during Lethal Weapon than during some sitcoms. Yes. <laughs> I mean, that's the sad truth of
0: it. That's part of why I don't watch many sitcoms, is they're fun, I find, humorous, but not really funny.
2: Yeah. What? And
0: there, there's one that I've watched where, you know how at the end they've got the studio tag? Mm-hmm. Uh, for Stephen J. Cannell, it would be mm-hmm. the typewriter in the paper flourish or whatever. Yep. For this particular one, the sitcom, it had a, huh, that was funny, kind of a, a, a and I'm like, you know... I've been sitting through the whole thing, and if you feel you have to tell me at this point that that was supposed to be funny... Yes. You have failed this sitcom.
1: Yes. Yes. Well, in the final episode, when uh, Roger and Riggs have both been captured, and they're in the room about to be tortured, and Riggs looks at Roger, and they're basically going... To one another, do you know what the worst thing about this is? Mm-hmm. And they're bantering back and forth, trying to one up one another on what makes being captured and tortured worse. <laughs> and Riggs says, No, what makes this worse is you're being tortured for being my partner and you're no longer my partner. Yeah,
0: technically you're not. And he's like, Yeah, that is worse. <laughs> yes. And again, the casting of these two. Oh, yeah. I mean, they look a little bit different. I mean, you're not going to see a photo of these two in a photo mm. of. You know Mo Gibson and Danny Glover, and think, "Wow, they're carbon copies." No, no. You know, yeah, one's white, one's black, whatever. But um, between the 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 mustache and the the look for for Martin and the the bald with the the goatee and stuff for for Roger, they they went in a little different directions. It's one of those where it's not, oh my god, how could you possibly have reimagined them like that? Sort of. Yeah. No, it's they went a different way. They modernized it for the time or, or whatever. But the core of the characters. Mm-hmm. The family man, the guy who's a bit nuts or whatever, comes through and they they captured in my mind really everything that was working for the films and made it work for primetime television with yeah. some just amazing action sequences over the course of the season, which is again part of why I got to that ending and I'm thinking, "Wow, I can't see can't wait to see what happens next." Yeah. Because again, I was expecting at least a two episode, possibly a three or four episode finale arc. Yeah. Yeah. Where it's like, okay, we've set the stage. We do a little bit of a a preamble, set the scene. Okay, this is going to be harder than it looks. Got to, you know, another episode of that. But then two, where it is just literally explosions, car chases, Mm -hmm. whatever, ending with a, oh, and you thought that was going to defeat me sort of a thing. And they're like, yeah, we did, actually. Mm -hmm. And then you get the. The, no. the season blowout or something.
1: We didn't go that way. No, we we had one character drive off into the sunset, away from their wife to prove that they have their partner's back, and they went to the easiest border crossing I have oh. ever seen.
0: <laughs> it's one of those. It's like this is Mexico. Is the sign on? Uh, he's driving by. Yeah. On this two lane road with nothing, and I'm like, you know, okay.
2: I've crossed they we're
0: in L A. In-
1: I've crossed county lines that made a bigger deal with the county line than that sign did.
0: Yeah. It, it, from LA to Mexico, they clearly didn't go through anything in the San Diego area.
2: No, that was not Tijuana. Uh,
0: the, the fact that you were changing, I mean, yeah, there are streets actually within a few miles of here where you go from the city paving the road to the county paving the road, yeah. and it's a bigger difference than this guy just driving down the street kind of a thing. It's like, mm-hmm. yeah. If you watched a show like that, you would think we need a wall. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yes. Yes. But that's, that's, I was going to say a nitpick. It's not. It's, it's a, you've got to be kidding me thing. But, anyways, we got to the point where they have each other's back. They're going down to take care of something that's just moral imperative they've got to take care of. Mm-hmm. And then the season just stops. Yeah. And it ended on, in hindsight, okay, I could see it's like, oh, right. Uh, Roger Jr. graduated. They've, they were going to, you know, break the partnership up again between Martin and Roger, but no, they've got each other's back, that kind of a thing. So I can see where it was supposed to be a cliffhanger. I guess in my mind, it was too effective of a cliffhanger hmm. that I didn't feel like I should have to wait to the next damn season.
2: Yeah, I agree. Yeah.
0: Um, And it was also not as much action as some of the other episodes.
1: Well, and in terms of the arc of Martin's wife, we kind of wrapped it up, but we're still out to get the person who ordered the kills. So did we get to the end of the arc or not? And that's why I expected more episodes.
0: Yeah, I think this is going to be one of those things where using the movies is kind of the conceptual season things. They're letting a few things bleed back and forth. Mm, In other words, this I think will bleed a little bit more into the next film with, with, you know, who killed the wife and Mm. all of that. Whereas it was, as I recall, having been a while since I've watched the films, less of an issue with the second, third, and fourth film. Mm. It's not that that Martin was over it.
1: No, but but I thought he would have taken care of and sort of wrapped it up in a bow all in one season.
0: Yeah, I, again, I think they're letting that play out to a second season, which I guess makes sense. There's also things, one or two, from the second film that they already pulled in, a specifically the Leo Getz character oh. Um. that was played by-
1: I forgot. Oh, Sorry. shoot,
0: I'm blanking. Well, Thomas Lenn- uh, Lennon in the TV show, I'm trying to remember who played him in the films. It was, um, oh, I should know this. I do know this. I just can't remember off the top of my head. Yeah, just not there. Anyways. Uh, the Leo Gets character, though, uh, his tagline in the the movies was "Whatever you want, Leo Gets." Mm. He was kind of the, you know, mm-hmm. the go getter or whatever. Uh, I don't say con man, but a little.
2: Well,
1: he's an ambulance chaser. And at one point, when they can't find him, they try and figure out where do you go looking for an ambulance chaser. Well,
0: that's the one in the TV show. True. True. They they change him up to a lawyer too. Whereas in um, in the movies, he was somebody they had to protect as part of a case, and basically enjoys hanging out with them with all the excitement and stuff. So he keeps tagging
2: along. Mm.
1: Well, they ended up protecting him here too. Well, using him as bait and then protecting him. But yeah,
0: yeah, they did. But it was um, it was a little bit different than uh, yeah than how that worked uh, in the films. He was the main guy to protect in the second film. Mm. Interesting. Um, And bringing him in, and particularly the way they did, such that it intersected with um Roger's wife's mm-hmm. arc and story and stuff. Joe Pesci. Ah. I knew I should have known that.
1: Yes, you should have.
0: He did a, a brilliant job there. And Thomas Lennon, very different direction to go in, mm. just in terms of how he looks or whatever. But he nailed the part. Yeah. And in a very different way than Joe Pesci. Joe Pesci had that used car salesman kind of a thing, whereas uh, the Thomas Lennon version of Leo Getz was the bravado, I'm going to use this to my advantage, oh God, please don't kill me, quivering in fear kind of a thing.
2: Yeah.
0: He is a crazy talented actor. Mm. Uh, Also does quite a bit of writing and some other stuff. Um, I think there's a handful of actors that we have seen in front of the camera in various ways, sometimes just as a bit part, sometimes as a recurring in a show. That you later find out has like written half the show or mm. something like that. Yeah. Uh, the other one I'm thinking of was from uh, She Spies. Oh, interesting. Uh, I forget the actor's name, but he was also in the pilot episode of Firefly hmm. as the one who's on the ship who told them that's how they found hmm. River and stuff. Anyways, um, so the Leo Getz character, uh, I would ex- I would hope is recurring next season
2: mm-hmm.
0: because that's that's kind of but how the movies go and i want them to to do their own
2: thing yeah
0: certainly bringing in a shrink and some stuff like that is different direction than they went in the films but i think they're also and i think this is a sign of the times they're treating martin's mental state much more realistic maybe is i'm not yeah. sure if that's
1: the right word but no i think it is much more
0: sensitively because
1: They're more aware. They're more realistic in terms of realizing that that is a a part of our culture, a part of people's lives. And I'm noticing that a lot more shows are touching not only on the issue of things like PTSD, but they're actually responsibly writing about how to help people, how to reach out to people. What are good things to do versus bad things or triggers that you can accidentally do? I was telling our father a story just this past week that I had worked when I was a PA on Renegade. One of the actors had been in Vietnam and we were filming at the local uh, VFW building, Mm -hmm. uh, Veterans of Foreign Wars. And so he was looking at pictures on the wall and I was looking at them with him. And he had seen the military sticker on my vehicle, so mm-hmm. knew I was a military brat. So we got to talking. He was telling me Vietnamese stories. Well, he ended up dozing off in one of the booths there in the VFW. Mm-hmm. And somebody went over to shake his shoulder and wake him up. And when I realized what they were doing, I went over and caught their arm and pulled them back. And I said, don't touch him. They said, but I have to wake him up. I said, okay, what I'm about to do is going to look rude and insensitive but it's actually the right thing to do in this situation. And I reached over and I jostled the chair his foot was on and got no reaction. So I started talking to him as I'm doing this yeah. and then gently nudged the chair out from under his foot. He came awake startled. One of his arms shot out like he was going to punch the person yeah. who woke him up. And he looked at me and he said, are you the one who woke me up? And I said, yeah. I said, thank God I didn't punch somebody.
0: Yeah, there are for people who go on through like a Vietnam sort of a thing, yeah, the whole let's go yeah, shake him and, and wake him up.
1: When several people asked me afterwards, how did you know not to touch him? What made you so sure he was going to wake up punching? I said, because I knew I wasn't the only one who had gotten him talking about Vietnam. Several people had. Yeah,
0: particularly in that sort of a situation.
1: He was surrounded by triggers of the memories. He'd been talking about the memories. And then he dozed off, and who knew where his mind had gone?
0: Well, and that's where I thought the way they started the season. If they had started at the six-month-later point, Mm. it would be, I think, a fairly fundamentally different show, in my mind, at least.
1: I think it would be different, even if they had started at the same time frame, but had started from Roger's perspective.
0: The bottom line is, if we hadn't seen... Riggs' side of things if we hadn't seen martin lose his wife yeah because then i mean that invests us in Mm -hmm. that
1: a little bit it threw us into his sense of loss and despair and that whole knowing he didn't just lose his wife which is horrible and tragic he also lost the child that was going to be born that day
0: going on your thought though if they had used that time tell roger's story Mm
2: -hmm.
0: wife's having the baby he has the heart attack you know they're there to help him all that kind of a stuff Mm -hmm. you know it's gonna take time before you can go back to work it may be six months he's like you know feeling a little shame because but glad he's alive whatever that that whole thing Mm -hmm. the panic of the kids and that kind of a deal Uh, if they were there. And then you cut to six months later, he's going back to work, he gets assigned a nutcase as a partner. Mm -hmm. Suddenly, our vantage point is more from his side. Mm
2: -hmm. yeah.
0: And he's being subjected to Martin.
1: Yeah. Here's a man who is fortunate, lucky, blessed to be alive. And he's got a ticking time bomb in his car with him.
0: Well, and particularly if we had glossed over the, or skipped the uh, Martin drunk in the trailer. Mm-hmm. Yeah. If we hadn't gotten vested in Martin, if that hadn't been our, our initial access character, yeah, uh, I think it would have played out very differently and very poorly.
1: Yes. And the whole season would have been different if Trisha and Roger were not such empathetic characters. They both knew if they had lost either Roger or the baby six months ago how close they came to being in Martin's mindset.
0: Yeah. It, it, both characters have a that's how the other half lives aspect. Mm-hmm. And as, as brilliant as the writing is on this, as as really well done as the action scenes are, because, man, they sell the action throughout the season. Yeah. The casting on this. Yeah. If you had had somebody else as Martin, Mm-mm. it could have easily fallen flat. Yeah. Again, the the... The captain was well cast, the you know uh, the wife, was well, both wives were well cast. Yes. Uh, the kids.
2: Yeah, they know? pulled
1: it off. I thought it was priceless there in that final episode when R.J. is getting ready to go to high school graduation and his mom's on the phone saying, but you need to come home. R.J. needs help tying his tie. And he's looking at his tie like, I tied it just fine.
0: Well, and the sister's like, just how dense are you?
1: Yeah, I can't
2: you are believe- letting
0: you graduate?
2: Yes. I loved it. Yeah. Yeah. And we don't get a whole lot
0: with those two, the the brother and sister, together, because we'd usually get one or the yeah. other sometimes. Yeah. But they they play that pretty well. Both kids, clearly supporting cast, would yeah. work well. Yeah. It would be interesting to get an episode from their vantage point.
1: When And we got little glimpses in terms of when RJ has a problem. And gets pulled over by a police officer and shows the uh, the dad card, basically, mm-hmm. and needs help. He calls Martin instead of dad to pick him up when he needs a ride. Yeah. And even as he's driving him home, Martin's saying, you're going to tell your dad. Don't know when, but you're going to tell your dad.
0: Well, and that was some of the fun of the relationship between Martin and Roger, is when Martin gets sucked into Roger's family stuff. Yeah. It's like he's got to help, but he doesn't want to get in the middle of it. And certainly with, with RJ there, you know, he, he's, he wants to tell RJ certain things because that's what he would think and say. But he's there as the, the proxy for Roger.
1: Well, and he also realizes, and Roger even tells him at one point, you would have been a horrible father. He, he has that sense of, I'm a mess right now. Yeah. Roger's the one who's got it all together. And he he doesn't want to risk messing up Roger's life or his kids.
0: Well, and there were aspects that, while it lacked grace in the pilot, that at the dinner table, when R.J., uh, Roger's son, is like, I should join the military, have life experiences. Yes. And when it becomes abundantly clear that the parents don't want the kid to go into the military,
2: Mm -hmm.
0: yeah, Martin's like, well, yeah, it's great, depending what life experiences you want, you Mm -hmm. know, and names off a few horrific ones. Yeah, yeah. Could happen in the military or whatever, and, yeah. you know, watching friends die and stuff. Um, and, you know, clearly the kid is like, oh, I hadn't thought about that. Kind of shell-shocked already. Uh-huh. It's like Martin knew to turn the kid off of that, but again, didn't have the finesse.
1: Well, and he realized he'd done the wrong thing in Roger's eyes by saying, well, yeah, of course you should not list," Because he hadn't realized the parents were pushing college. Yes, So it's okay. I stepped into it. How do I step back out?
0: They cover a lot of ground in the series. They do. um, With just the interpersonal relationships, the family life, the lack of family life. Mm. To me, this is one that, you know, I think we both went in very much with a sense of trepidation of, well, we'll we'll see how it is. But this is one from, from the first episode. It's like, this is a lot of fun. They captured the sensibility, the style, the flair of the movies yeah. in all of the right ways without getting hung up on things that just wouldn't carry over well. Yeah. And.
1: I love the humor, the banter. I kind of wish that both the writers for Hawaii 5 and MacGyver would watch it for that aspect.
0: Certainly Five O, Uh, because they try so hard at the banter mm-hmm. and it falls so flat so much. Mm-hmm. And I think part of it's just a difference in in those characters versus these characters.
1: And that is a definite key point. These writers understand their characters very well, or else they've got one heck of a bible that they're writing from. That they kind of every morning I can almost see them sitting down reading that one page of "This is your character. Get into this mindset." I and would speak love from it.
0: to get some behind the scenes information on how the two leads figured out or worked through to get to the chemistry they've got.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: Yeah. Well, it's funny because I guess it was in uh, the pilot episode as we were the first one as we were watching that. I was thinking, you know, there are times when I'm really grateful that I worked on a TV show and I know how things are filmed. What well, they're doing this crazy scene where they're driving down the road and Riggs is pushing on roger with the get up you steer put the car in cruise control and i'm going to slide under you and i'm sitting here looking at these guys doing all these crazy gyrations in the front seat going thank god i know that car is being towed and they aren't actually in control of anything
0: but it never felt like we were sitting at a stationary camera with a a stationary car with film going behind her the the moving background or something where they were CGing in stuff in the back window or something.
1: No, because that's not what they do. They literally...
0: No, I know they literally tow it and stuff. Yeah. My point is, there are a lot of shows, even when they're doing that, it's oh, yeah. still because of how they cut or how they do something, you know.
1: Yeah, they tow it. They, uh, they bolt the cameras either up on the hood or right out, hanging outside yeah. the windows. And then they have a specific car that's designated as the follow car to make sure that the background immediately... Is A, always the same, and B, doesn't have some wacko waving yeah. at them? Okay. But so often when I'm watching those scenes, I mean, how many times have I called out to you, eyes on the road? Yeah. Or things like that. Well, that's and-
0: one of the things I think we both find as a pet peeve. Yes. Is we're watching a TV show, and you've got the person in the driver's seat looking 90 degrees directly at the person, the, yeah. the passenger, or whatever, for like a four minute soliloquy yeah and their other arm is just kind of moving back and forth as if they're magically driving a perfectly straight road that somehow they still need to keep course adjusting,
2: yeah, yeah,
0: um, I'd almost like to see somebody do like a YouTube video or something spoofing that where you've got some classic prolonged actual shot from a a film- uh-huh. followed by an overhead camera of like a newscopter as they're zigzagging <laughs> and swerving in and out followed by all the cars spinning out of control behind them.
1: Yeah. Um I mean, this was the opposite feeling of that though. This felt like they were keeping their eyes on the road well, it felt and like they, they were, were keeping their eyes on the road. It felt
0: like they were driving the car.
1: Yeah. Yeah. The... And like I say, it, I actually had to remind myself. I know they're not at risk of having an accident. I know how these things are filmed.
0: I never once felt like, "Oh, that that's the cut so they can get to the the stunt double, or... Yeah.
1: Now, my pet peeve with the show was how rarely they put on their seatbelts for police officers.
0: That happens in all the shows. There are a couple it of does. times that we're calling that out, and it's... Yeah, it's kind of ridiculous.
1: Seatbelts are my pet peeve, but bigger pet peeve points: police officer characters that aren't seatbelted.
0: Mm-hmm. I'm trying to think if they ever pulled somebody over for not having their seatbelt on when they didn't <laughs> give it time.
2: Yeah, yeah, But to
0: me, that's also one of the differences between the TV show and the movies, because there was one of the movies, I think it was three or four, Mel Gibson is on the motorcycle, we're doing some, some action sequence, yet we're so tight on the motorcycle, I couldn't see the action of what he was zigzagging around or what have you. Yeah. you know, Or they do so many cuts in a fight scene, it's like really all you got to do is have somebody throw the punch, cut you know, and rinse repeat a thousand times and then just kind of slam something together.
1: That was the one time I thought I saw CG is uh when Matt Pasmore, um Gideon I guess was the character name in the finale, got shot and was falling off the cliff. Oh. The last few feet looked CG'd into the water and that was probably a switch. Almost from- certainly
0: that would make sense. Yeah. What got me with that um scene was when he got shot. There was a very noticeable spray of blood or whatever.
1: Yeah, and it seemed higher up than where he was wounded
0: later. Oh, well, Roger's not a good shot.
1: Yeah, no, he's not. He's such
0: a bad shot, he doesn't even hit where he hits. <laughs> Poor Roger. But you go back to the pilot episode where Roger shoots Martin in the foot. Martin falls, grabs the gun, shoots the guy up there. Yes. And there was a fluidity to all of that.
1: Yes. There was a trust. In terms of Roger trusted Martin's skills, even though he knew Martin went out there expecting to die. Mm -hmm. Because his goal was to draw fire so you can see where the shooter is. But Roger also trusted that Martin, with his military background, was the better shot in that situation.
0: And by shooting him in the foot, causing him to fall, to not get shot by the bullet. Yeah. You know, it's...
1: You shot me and saved my life.
0: Yeah. Yeah. The fluidity of, of, again, the action sequences, it just seems like in this day and age of television, we don't get as much of that as we used to even 10, 15 years ago. The TV shows, I would say, of recent vintage where we just have some truly amazing uh, fight scenes. In this case, it's it's mainly guns or whatever. Yeah. Um, but I would say uh, The Transporter had some really good yes. fight scenes. Uh, Daredevil on Netflix had some amazing fight scenes, the hallway one in particular. Mm-hmm. But then uh the other one, I would say, just had some standout action scenes, which I think are fairly very much in the vein of this, is Justified. Yes. I mean, there and here you get different aspects with Justified. It's a much more Western style, but it, it's the gunfighter.
2: Yeah, yeah.
0: And that too is part of why I felt the the final episode of the season. Yeah, we get some action sequences of shooting some people after they've, you know, been interrogated or whatever, but not to the point of that level of set piece. Yeah. And again, TV show, that's hard to do, particularly late in the season.
1: No, but that whole episode was setting up more story moments. That episode felt like a bridge between other episodes. Exactly. And
0: that's why I was. I had fully expected. That okay, we're going on hiatus for a few things. It's about that time other shows are doing it. We'll come back with again another four episodes, like has happened on Arrow, Flash, and yeah. Supergirl, and some other shows, but didn't happen with like Legends of Tomorrow and whatnot. Yeah. So when I was asked on on uh, the uh, the Slack channel the other day, so are you guys gonna do a Lethal Weapon on? I am like, yeah, we are, <laughs> and uh, hadn't realized did it ended.
1: I'd been patiently watching. For a new episode, and I had been meaning to look and see if I'd missed the final one, because I just was in denial that this could be the season finale.
0: Again, I can see how they thought it was. I could see how it actually was. Yeah, <laughs> but I totally see my side of it if it didn't feel like one. Yeah, uh, and that's really the only knock I've got on this series so far. Yeah, is
2: I it ended more. at
0: eighteen, and I was expecting twenty-two from the pacing.
2: Yeah.
1: Well, yeah, okay, that's a good statement, because on the one hand, my knock is I wanted more. But, oh, absolutely. But I specifically am frustrated I didn't get more because of the pacing, so... We said we're going to
0: spoil some stuff, let's spoil some stuff. We okay. end the season in Mexico Yes, with Martin going to hunt down the cartel leader that had his wife killed.
1: Define hunt down. When you think, I'm going to go hunt someone down, what do you mean?
0: In this case, he has dropped a burner phone in the guy's car, announced to him, I am here and I am going to kill you. I'm going to look you in the face when I do it. Don't worry. I'm not just going to... Don't worry about blowing up in the car type thing.
1: If I wanted you dead, you'd be confetti by if now. If I wanted
0: to, to blow you yes. up, I'd have... In other words, it's not going to be a cheap little shock. I'm not here just to kill you. Yeah. But to send a very... Uh, to have you live in fear for a little bit... Mm-hmm. Destroy you and then kill you. Yeah. So, I mean, to me, that's an episode or two of toying with the guy, starting to dismantle his entire infrastructure. Yeah. The guy regrouping, him maybe capturing uh, Martin and yeah. and Roger, and then all hell breaking loose.
1: Now, this is one of the things that so many TV shows do and always just kind of nags at me. LAPD officers, Texas Rangers, whatever we want Kinsara Riggs to be. They're not, and Riggs knows this, so in this case it's not rubbing at me as much as usual, but they're not supposed to operate across the board. So often we'll have an episode where it's, and we ran into this FBI sting operation going on in Mexico. How?
0: Yeah. Well, in one of the ones where that happened, it was clear it shouldn't have been happening. Yes. And stuff, but...
1: But that was a Canadian show that was doing that because they seem to be more aware of what's legal in America. Yes. <laughs> I'm just saying. There is
0: an irony there. Thank you. It was south of south of the border for them. Yes. Um. Yeah, there is that. To me, it was very clear that both were going, in this case, uh, Martin and, and Roger, who was following him down there, a completely off book, yeah. rogue, whatever. And again, I could see... Well, Martin, an episode or two where the captain's like, where are they? Let's go find them.
1: Oh, Martin says he doesn't expect to survive. Yeah. Filed so acknowledges that on the phone. Roger is going down there having sworn he will survive. <laughs> um, but he's going down there because he knows someone has to have Martin's back. Yeah. And, you know, we talked to, when we were discussing a different show. We talked about do these characters have a bond or are they loyal to one another? And in this case, I would say, over the course of a season, they have developed a familial bond and a sense of loyalty to one another.
0: But that's also why I was expecting at least three or four more episodes. One, to kind of set the, the status quo in the Mexico and to cause some trouble. Mm-hmm. Two, to amp it up. Three, of, okay, all hope is lost. Four, at which yeah. point the captain has been, brings in the cavalry or whatever, mm-hmm. and is there as, as the support needed but not the saving of the day.
1: Yeah. And kind that's, of a thing. that's why it pays off that we've had those other two police officers we've been seeing. It gives the captain recognized faces to bring with him.
0: Well, and how fun would that have been to have seen the gang member... Yes. Uh, ...police guy... Yeah. ...that they just kind of bump into in Mexico. Yeah. You know, there's, there's... To me, that was... Big blowout end of season, not, oh, geez, now they've got to address this at the beginning of the next season. Yeah. Half expecting the next season is going to start with those two getting read the riot act for all this destruction. Maybe you start with a mm-hmm. a, a newscaster or, or footage on, on the captain's monitor of explosions and all of this. It's almost just stock footage.
2: Yeah,
1: you're right.
0: Of How could you have done this sort of a thing? Um, I mean, we've seen well, cliffhangers in the past that-
1: I. Just I, get
0: addressed with a a hand wave the next season.
1: I half expect expected to be that, but I expect if we look at the crawler on the news footage, it'll be carefully saying that there was a war between two cartels down in Mexico. Because Riggs will have made it look like he wasn't involved somehow. And that will be how the captain knows it was all his fault, par yeah. norm. Yeah. But legally,
2: yeah. Well, and
0: again, if the captain has, has finagled, you know, support and Roger's wife has brought legal efforts to bear on the cartoon. Yeah, you know I mean? yeah. Something to where suddenly the guy is fighting on multiple fronts.
2: Yeah. Yeah.
0: And that gives, you know, Martin and Roger what they need. It's, it could have been a lot of fun to take two guys who had a support staff and now they're totally out of their element operating on their own for yeah. a few episodes. Um,
1: well, it's funny because thinking over the various shows we've watched this season, what we've liked, what we've been annoyed by, this show had a home environment. Technically, it was only Rogers, but really, Riggs got adopted into it. We see his home
0: too. It's just a lot. We do more trailery and empty and illegally parked. Yeah, I was gonna say ramshackle, run down, and and condemnable, but
1: but in terms of having. Two circles of characters mm-hmm. that overlap. They did a really nice job with Raj has a home life. Raj has an office life. And at first, they seem quite distinct.
0: Well, but that's where having the captain having been his partner, his wife knowing the captain, the wife yeah. having a reason to come into the office because she's a lawyer, etc. Yeah. It it blurred the lines enough. Yeah. Um, that I thought that worked well. It was a well constructed show. It
1: really was, yeah.
0: Um, other than again the yeah. the decision they made to end the season, and I'm not saying it was a bad decision. Well,
1: I think you said something great earlier, though. They stopped the season.
0: Yeah. it, it to me it felt like they stopped a, a chapter or two before the end of the book. Yeah. And in a way that mandates how the next season has to start. Yeah. One of the things that always annoyed me was Smallville. Is just about every season they would end not just on a cliffhanger, tornado Mm -hmm. hits town, another meteor strike, whatever the hell it was, but there were some where literally that final episode of the season was spent putting each and every Mm. character into individual jeopardy. Yeah. For contract negotiation purposes, I can only presume.
1: I was going to say there was one show I used to watch that there was a certain actor in particular that when he got on an airplane, I knew he was in contract negotiations. And one time that airplane crashed and his character was missing in action for six weeks of contract negotiations. And it had me laughing my head off.
0: There was a show, uh, Chuck. Mm Mm-hmm. That on its final season, hit a point where it just felt like a nice, clean, this is the end of the series. Mm. And then it went for another eight episodes, or some such. Yeah. And those weren't bad, but they felt extraneous, um, almost epilog tacked on, or...
1: But it's the opposite of the dollhouse situation.
0: Dollhouse goes for two seasons. There was a bit of contract dispute in the first... So they thought the 13 episodes included the pilot they didn't air. The network said, no, give us a 13th episode. So they have to basically, they did some brilliant stuff with essentially a completely different cast almost to, to, oh, this is how the world, you know, evolves or whatever. Five year plan that Joss Whedon had, barely gets that second season. And he's like, oh, I had a five year plan and one season to do it in. Great. Anything that's not essential to that, mm-hmm. gone.
1: Yeah, trim that.
0: You are. It's like watching the arc episodes only, and not just the arc episodes. It got to where something's happening in one of the episodes in the second season. You cut to a commercial break, and it's like you're three weeks later after this, the the winter hiatus or something. Yeah. And to me, it was great. It was fun. They cut all the the filler out, and it's just things are happening. Yeah. And that's a lot of fun if you can do that. But if you don't have the pacing right, or if you have an end note. And then you keep going. It's like, ah, yeah, it was time to get off the stage, dude. Yeah. Not that what you had later was bad, but it's just the season of, of Scorpion. I thought I'd finished the season. There's three episodes left. I've since watched one of them or whatever, but it was one of those. The note they ended on, that seemed like a good f- finale for the, the, the season.
2: I've been
1: watching an Australian show called Dr. Blake Mysteries on PBS. Okay. I have a few frustrations with our local PBS affiliate, among them the fact that they show episodes out of order for a lot of these international shows.
0: Yeah, that's not cool.
1: Um, And, I mean, the show has...
0: Have they not figured out if they put the day or the month first in the date?
1: (laughs) Yeah. Well, the show just suddenly popped up on Netflix. Mm -mm. I thought, okay, I'm going to watch the show in order. I bet it'll make more sense that way. The very first thing I discovered when I watched the very first episode was I'd never seen an episode from the first season.
0: Oh, wow.
1: I thought I had seen the first episode. And it turned out that I had seen the first episode of the second season. But because it has him coming back to town from a trip to China.
0: It feels as if it's an introductory episode.
1: Yeah. Yeah. And it was fascinating to me to watch this whole season that took place before anything I'd seen and was setting up things I'd seen. And I'm like, wow, now that
2: makes sense.
0: Well, it's like if you ever watched the original Mission Impossible series and hadn't seen the first season and then you hit an episode from that season, you're like, who is this Dan Briggs character? It's Mm -hmm. Phelps. Phelps is the leader.
1: Uh, The TV show Spartacus did... I'm going to get the number of seasons wrong, but they did it. Yeah. yeah. They did a season or two. And then the main actor was diagnosed with cancer. Right, right. Needed treatment. So they did a prequel season that explained how all the other characters came to be where Spartacus arrived. And then some of those characters sort of magically reappear yeah. in this post prequel third season where they've recast Spartacus because unfortunately the actor's treatment didn't work. But it was fascinating to see this prequel that was made after because they could go into this prequel with this, these decisions of, okay, we have to get this character into this situation, this character into this situation. We need to explain why this person has this injury at the beginning of season one.
0: That's part of why I'm hoping they're using the Lethal Weapon films is kind of a guidepost. Because that gives them a, well, maybe we can do these sorts of things, necessarily on a season-by-season basis, but yeah, we should introduce Leo, we should introduce this other character, we should go do, mm-hmm. you know, and you can get a sense of, of progression.
1: Well, one of the things I liked about that DEA character, uh, Palmer, that Hillary Burton played, was she functioned accidentally in some respects, but as a barometer. For how Riggs was coping with his wife's death and how yeah. he was healing on that emotional level. and Probably
0: more so than The Shrink did. Yeah. And Jordana Brewster from the, the Fast and the Furious movies, she did a great job here.
1: She did. But she was helping him with everything and was helping him heal as a person and function as a person. And there was a very clear, we're professionals, we can't have a private relationship. Yeah line which they dealt with beautifully so having someone who could have a personal relationship with him and help us glimpse that tender part of him Mm -hmm. and see okay is it still too sore to touch or has it healed some
0: yeah over the course of the season we got a good rj episode yes we got a good one on a number of the different characters i'm trying to
1: the daughter got a good one. She was sneaking out and they wanted to ground her for sneaking right. out. And what I loved about that was, I mean, if you had told me Riggs had a teenage daughter who was sneaking out, because of what we've seen of Riggs, you can make all kinds of assumptions about the trouble his kid would be getting into. But You look at the straight-laced Murtaugh and his kid's sneaking out. What is this? And it turns out she got a job. Yeah but didn't want to tell them. And I that, loved that it. That whole
0: bit was just kind of fun. Particularly uh, what I recall of that last shot with, with Martin. There was just an aspect of the direction they go at, at times with some of these, these these moments and stuff. It shows a, a holistic understanding of the characters. It's like, would I have said, oh, well that's that's how we're going to end the episode. We're going to have Martin. We're going to do this. Yeah. No, but Man, it worked. Yeah. But I think it also goes to this Martin Riggs is emotionally troubled. Yeah. Versus the Mel Gibson character was almost a fourth uh, of the Three Stooges. Mm, yeah. He was wacky, not troubled in the same yeah. way.
1: Well, I think when we come back, and they are going to have a second season. It has been announced as 22 episodes. I think when we come back, Martin is now going to have to deal with the fact That he feels betrayed by the father-in-law that he thought was the last person he could trust, rely on, and who was trying to help him put his life back together.
0: My take on that is they ended uh, uh, Ronnie's arc with the first season. That family for Martin is gone.
1: But I think the shrink is going to have to help him deal with some of that. I um, hope so. Because I think that one of the few tethers he had to L.A. other than Roger, that was his... Ryan was his...
0: No, and I get that. I get that. I think Roger going down to Mexico to help could be used to kind of transition that trust issue. Uh, To me, I'm not sure the shrink has to come back second season. Interesting. Should. Yeah. And certainly the whole trust issue and
1: Mm
2: -hmm. what
0: happened there... do With the second season, the, the sessions with the shrink were... Now all the cards are on the table. Yeah. Things are out in the open. They got the full picture. They know what's going on. Now they can start to help him heal. Yeah. That would certainly work. Yeah. It's just... There's a lot of, of things they can play with on this. And they've developed, I think, a fairly rich, deep, and just wildly entertaining uh, world here.
1: I agree. Yeah. Like I said, I laugh more than more during this than most sitcoms so
0: yeah to to me this was one of the things early in the season <coughs> that was um very clearly a uh kind of a hidden gem and a winner yeah it just had a sense of style it, it totally blew my expectations yeah i went in with low expectations okay maybe this will be okay maybe it'll have a little decent action whatever but it was well written it was well acted it was just well constructed uh good action pieces and it uh i'm trying to think of the right way to phrase it it's not just that there was some some good dialogue but it was it was well delivered it danced on the screen on the page or whatever yeah it 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 had a a lightness fluidity even when they were dealing with some fairly deep
1: and troubling issues yeah definitely like i say it's one of those shows that i wish the writers of 50 and macgyver particularly were watching and getting a little inspired by
0: Those shows are more typical network dramas that that are a little flat or even note.
1: Their dramas, they're trying to have a bromance. This is not trying to have a bromance. It simply has this magic chemistry. Does that make sense?
0: I think they were going for that. Well, yes. But the other is they're forcing it. Here they have it. Yeah. And that's as much the casting, the common touch point that the entire cast and crew would have if, if if it would not surprise me in the least if every member of the cast and crew or all the major ones had sat down and watched at least the first movie yeah. if not the, tri- the, the the all four of the trilogy or whatever the, the quadrilogy i guess um because it gives them again common touch points let's do this let's not do that yeah um again i'd love to know How the two leads, did they sit down? Did they work it? Did it just come out on set? How much of this was on the page? How much of this was just, hey, we can riff on this or whatever? Because some of the scenes with them in the captain's office where they're just going back and forth, talking a mile a minute or whatever.
2: Yes.
1: Fun. Well, and there are times when I'm watching the captain. During those scenes, and you can just see him trying to keep up with both of them with, okay, where am I supposed to be in this conversation?
0: Yeah, can I get a word in edgewise? Wait, who's talking? Wait, did you just say what? And again, that's something where at times uh, the actor doesn't have a lot that he has to say. Yeah. But he's got a lot he needs to convey.
1: Well, I guess it was in the first episode where he was saying, so. You chased the suspect because he had tattoos,
0: yeah what what instigated this million dollars of damage, or however much it was in the Grand Prix or whatever, yeah, so you had a suspect, what did you? He, he had tattoos, he ran, and or, or, actually it was the one with the not that one it was the um oh, why were you even there? Yes, oh, the guy was a lefty <laughs> yes uh, uh you don't think it was suicide, and he was going to Arizona.
2: Yes, yes,
0: <laughs> yes. And I think his response was, I can work with this, you know, kind of, uh, this is insane, it's not much, but...
1: Well, and I like Riggs' whole, it doesn't sound like much when you say it that
0: way. Yeah, yeah, when you reduce it down. <laughs> it was nice not to have the cliche captain who's always, you know, busting the chops and Yes. Threatening to turn him into parking, you know, uh, uh you know, uh, officers or whatever, you know. Yeah.
1: Well, and the captain who knows they're holding something back from me, but not without cause, not maliciously. He he trusts them. Yes. And that's nice to see.
0: And again, that's where the decision to have him be the previous partner to yeah. uh, to Roger. Yeah. Uh, really works.
1: So I guess moving forward, my biggest hope is they maintain the writing level.
0: To me, it's they maintain the quality level overall. Yeah. If they change out any cast members, and I hope they don't get rid of any, but if they bring any others in, they need to be of the same caliber they've got. Yeah. Thomas Lennon joining full-time or recurring, totally on board with that. He was brilliant. But all of the other ones were solid, believable, and it just felt like we were looking through a window into this world, not that they were putting on a stage play for us.
2: Yeah, I agree.
0: But that goes down to the writing felt very natural, very fluid. They weren't so concerned about, oh, well, let's be incredibly clever. They taught us some interesting ideas here and there and stuff. Mm-hmm. And they were not so hell-bent on making Martin just completely nutso that it just seemed schizophrenic in a portrayal. Yeah. It was a nuanced and incredibly uh, touching, believable... Here is somebody who's gone through something horrific.
1: You could see that he was suffering, and because of the way they portrayed everything right from the start, your heart broke for him, and you were cheering for him to heal.
2: Yeah, yeah.
1: And that was such a beautiful way to write it. And to write Raj as someone who had gone through something and had healed and who wanted his partner to value life as he did, to appreciate life as he did, and to heal as he had.
0: But I think that's also where the approach they took on Roger's wife. Yeah. uh, Of Trish being the potential, I don't say cutthroat lawyer, but the hard, strong, Mm. don't mess with me. Yeah. Yet also the incredibly maternal a character and influence on the show
1: but both sides of that are a fighter
0: oh, absolutely
1: and I, I think the both aspects of strength and fighter you know the maternal fighter and the legal fighter those were both great strengths to give her mm-hmm. and I think come next season she will apply both of those on behalf of both men if needed
0: What I want to see in the next season
1: mm-hmm.
0: is an episode and I'm not quite sure how you set this up. But I want to see Martin and Trish off somewhere in jeopardy, whatever, where he's got to save the day or whatever, but she's just got to cut. She plays the Roger to him.
2: Yes. Yes.
0: And maybe does it better than Roger.
2: <laughs> yes. Or at least differently. Yeah.
0: And just play with that dynamic by proxy.
1: Well, what would be funny is if at first she's doing it shockingly well and he finally clues in and says did raj tell you that just kind of the he realizes how much raj has been complaining about him to trish yes and she's caught on that could
0: be something though that fundamentally tweaks martin and roger's relationship by proxy yeah there was a writer in the comics Devin grayson who uh, maybe 10 15 years ago a while back did just some really great one-shot stories where it would be like batman and speedy Mm -hmm. not batman and robin not green arrow and speedy but you could see batman with somebody else's sidekick and it was a uh, uh, an exploration of how batman would relate to robin how robin and speedy related one another how speedy and green arrow related how batman and green arrow related Mm
2: -hmm. and
0: just by by mixing the characters a little bit and that wasn't the only one, but that was one of the better ones.
2: Mm-hmm.
0: Um, again, putting Trish in where Martin would have had Roger. Yeah. And how she's kind of channeling Roger at times because that's what she thinks Martin needs or not and, you know, whatever.
2: You know, the other
1: thing that I would find humorous is if uh, Roger and Trish tried to convince Martin that they needed him to stay with the two daughters as kind of a babysitter mm-hmm. while they go out of town for a weekend. And he doesn't realize that they've set him up to not be alone on the anniversary of his wife's death.
0: That could also be a fun Mr. Mom episode. Yeah. And actually seeing Martin with uh, the daughter, um, because we've already seen him with RJ.
1: Yeah.
0: There's a lot of fun stuff they could do. Yeah. And
1: they've set the daughter character up, the older one, as being so mature that the parents would be okay with kind of a for 36 hours. You just have to keep him convinced. He's responsible for the two of you. Well, the way that works is
0: is as Raj and Trish are, are leaving, they're giving the babysitter speech. Yes, yes. And both the daughter and Martin think they're the one it's being given to.
2: Yes,
1: yes. You're right.
0: It again, they've these are fully realized characters.
1: They are.
2: Yeah. They
0: are developed and well executed. And to me, again, a uh, definite gem of of the season, and
1: it doesn't feel like a first season show
0: no and again i I attribute a lot of that to having the movies as as a touchstone, yeah, um uh, we need to find the time to go back through the movies because they're a lot of fun, and it would be fun to see now that we've seen the full first season um
2: now we know we've seen now
0: that we know we've seen the full first season because I think when we finished the first movie, we'd know we'd seen the first movie, <laughs> okay, I think. I think. Um, but to see what they've pulled, what they haven't, what's left to pull. Uh, yeah, What should they pull? What did they tweak? How is some of the stuff just fundamentally different between 30 years ago and now? Yeah. I mean, when you're pulling a 30-year-old property and saying, let's turn this into a TV show, it feels like you've kind of scraped the bottom of the barrel to a degree. We live I in... mean, they didn't,
1: clearly. No, but we live in a time of so many reboots, reimaginations... That I think that's why I'm getting more and more hesitant to watch them. And some of them I look at and I say, okay, why did you take the name? There is a very wonderful movie that has the name from the book they bought the rights to. And they bought the rights to the book because they wanted the title. Mm. Cool Hand Luke.
2: Mm -hmm. But the
1: only reason they bought the rights to the book was because they loved the title.
2: There
0: comes a point where if that's all you're buying, you're doing something wrong.
1: And there are times, though, where we tune into something and I watch it and I go, but that's not what I thought I was watching because you gave it the title of something I knew and love.
0: When I watch something that is either a revival, a remake, a reboot, a reimagining, or retooling of something previous, I try to judge it both on its own merits. Is this good regardless Mm -hmm. of... If they just borrowed the name yeah. or or whatever. Uh, and there are times I can do that. There are other times where they they are so antithetical to what it, the property was mm-hmm. that it's hard to get over that. And given time, I can. Yeah. Uh, if Mission Impossible, when they took an ensemble thing where it was just plot-based, mm-hmm. what you knew about these characters is they were the good guys. Yes. Yes. And you turn it into a solo vehicle for the most part for the Ethan Hunt character and the established characters before, they weren't the good guys. And yeah. you're trying to go more character. It's like, wow, you just, you totally didn't get the the old series, at yeah. least not the way I got it. Yeah. So there are times where I do have a stumbling block there mm-hmm. that if they'd called it something else, I might have been better off.
2: Well,. I mean, we
1: all carry assumptions with us when we go into something. I read a review of a book on Amazon the other day, and it prompted me to do a little Googling to find out more because the review made me think either I'm carrying false assumptions into this book I'm looking at or the person who reviewed it did. Mm. Because their review said, this is the most pathetic attempt I've ever seen at uh, Middle English grammar this that and the other so i went and i googled it the book was written in 1845 so the person thought they were reading a piece of historical fiction Mm -hmm. where a current writer was trying oh got it this
0: is such a bad portrayal of victorian times it's like they hadn't even studied the period (laughs) haven't they read history books no they were living it at the time i'm sorry
1: yes exactly and i'm just looking at that review like i'm not sure hitting unhelpful is sufficient
0: for me any story narrative universe that sort of a thing is is kind of like a particle cloud Hmm. there's fuzzy edges but there's a certain part that you can almost reach in and and grab a hold of Hmm. and sometimes there are different little clusters around there and my vision of be it star trek lethal weapon macgyver uh, Star Wars or or Superman, Batman, X Men, whatever. is going to be a little different than somebody else because they're coming from a different perspective and grabbing another little piece. Mm-hmm. And certainly in some of these cases, what they they think the property was that they reimagine and retool, and how they yeah. think they're improving it and such. Yeah. Again, uh, Trish has a different job. Leo's a bit of a different character. You know, uh, uh Roger is not doing the "I'm too old for this stuff." All the time, but he's got the pacemaker and stuff. It's yeah, they they make some tweaks and stuff. They've got the young kid or whatnot, you know. Mm-hmm. Uh, although I guess that was from the film too. Anyways, it's it's one that if you as an audience member don't agree with what the re-envisioners thought the yeah. thing was, it can be fraught for peril, and it could be a great thing.
2: Mm-hmm.
0: Uh, we still haven't seen the Power Rangers film. Yeah. And that's one of those where is what they saw of the Power Rangers, what I took out of it or not. And maybe they had a better take, maybe they had a lesser take, maybe they wanted a different, you know, whatever. Here again, they took what I recall of the films from, you know, again, decades back and made it work for the modern TV audience Mm -hmm. and did it very successfully. Whereas so many times when there is a revival of something, it's like, they didn't watch the same show I watched.
1: Yes, I know that feeling.
0: And I'm curious again, like I said, to go to the movies and and rewatch them and see. Oh, yeah, they took this, they took this, they took this. Oh, they reused that in this way. That's interesting. You
2: know, the um,
1: the kind of the opposite example of they didn't watch what I watched is the new Star Trek movies mm-hmm. with creating the new timeline and stuff. I was not a fan of the original series before we watched. The newest Star Trek movies, but after we watched the Chris Pine, the first movie, and I saw some stuff they did in there, and I thought, I wonder if there was little Mm -hmm. hints or suggestions of possibilities of, and they saw something I didn't see in the original series, and that's why they did these things. So we actually watched the entire original series after that, and I enjoyed the original series a great deal more. After seeing that.
0: Well, and that's one of those where they took a TV show that was a bit more philosophical, social commentary, and cerebral, that had had a couple of of movies, some even action movies. And even after Next Gen, Voyager, Deep Space Nine, Enterprise, etc., when it came time for the Chris Pine films, they were taking an ensemble sci fi TV show and trying to turn it into a blockbuster. Action film.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: Still ensemble.
0: Still ensemble.
1: Just pointing out.
0: Not techno babble. Yes. Fisticuffs, action, you know, that yes. kind of a yes. thing. Roller coaster ride. Yeah. Nothing right or wrong. They made certain in- inherent changes, uh, both because they had a bigger budget for the movie than the TV show, mm-hmm. they had more time, etc but also the style of story they wanted to tell was different, but they did it in a way that didn't violate mm-hmm. the old show.
1: When the show was much more, like you said, philosophical and about exploration, and I'm waiting for the movies to get to the exploration.
0: Well, that goes back to a line of Picards in one of the films of, do you remember when we were explorers? Yeah. So you're going to make certain changes whenever you go through a property and stuff, and certain members of the audience are going to have a little more leeway in some areas than others, and it's going to vary, but if you've got something that works in and of itself... That buys you a little bit more freedom.
1: I just thought it was interesting that the Chris Pine movies made me appreciate a TV show that had had a lot of things that annoyed me before.
0: I can totally understand that. I think with the Lethal Weapon um, movies, if and when we rewatch them, and to me it's a when, because I've got all four of them sitting over there, I'm kind of expecting them to suffer a little in comparison. Mm. I think this Martin Riggs is more fun to watch, mm. and more nuanced and, and identifiably and understandably troubled.
1: Yeah. They've brought a distinct and large amount of realism to him. And subtlety. Yeah.
0: And, again, just the way that was conveyed at times with how he would turn, look at somebody, give a, a meaningful glance of, of whatever, just, okay. Yeah. You know. he this... winked
1: at the kid before... Again, there was the
0: playfulness there when yeah. uh, uh, Rogers basically tell him to go home and shoot himself, and he's like, "Okay, yeah, you know, kind of a thing." It's again a, a subtle um, portrayal of that that you've got the time and the space to do on television. Yes, two-hour movie, not so much.
1: Well, I mean, in one season of TV, they've already had more time with the characters than the movies did.
0: Absolutely, we've got eighteen hours subtract commercials. Let's say that's 15, 16 hours. Sure. It's twice the length of all the films. Yeah. You know, so it's...
1: I definitely recommend people check it out if they haven't already seen it. I I think it's probably my top recommendation of new shows this season. That bowl is another one Bowl's that... a lot of fun. Yeah.
0: I, this is definitely highly recommended. Um, I'm sure it'll be streaming on something soon. If it's not already, maybe it already is. And if for some reason the first episode doesn't grab you, go through the next two or three,
2: mm-hmm.
0: see if it warms up for you. Because, again, there were a couple where, particularly the episode in which the the captain's be rating them for the, the grand total of damages. Like, he's, I think at one point he's got it up on a whiteboard of, you know, just, just how much of the budget have you blown.
2: Yeah.
1: And um, he's trying to figure out why the city attorney isn't upset.
0: Yes. Yeah. He's like, I should be getting read the right act, <laughs> but it's okay somehow.
2: Yes you know it's mm, yeah there's
0: some fun stuff and it's not just that we're told there's billions or millions of dollars of damage we get to see it yes yes there's some fun stuff that happens yeah um so highly recommended a lot of fun looking forward to a second season would have done this episode sooner if i had fully realized the season had ended so let that be a lesson to you. Next time somebody asks, hey, are you going to do an episode on this? Feel free to point out, because the season has ended already. Yes. Because it bad on me. We're watching so much right now. and We've had some other things going on.
1: And we're traditionalists. We think 22 episode seasons.
0: Seasons uh, end in May, you know? Silly, yes. Yeah, we'll try to do better on that. But uh, if you can help us out, that'd be good. And again, if you've got recommendations on other shows that you'd like to hear episodes on, not guaranteeing we'll do it. If it's one we're watching, though, we're happy to throw some into the mix. We've got a few others we're planning on doing. Uh, Some of them are a little bit more comic related. Some of them kind of like this fall a little further afield. But I think it's the same audience and sensibility.
2: Mm -hmm. I agree.
0: So hopefully everybody's happy with that. So anything else? Does that pretty much do it?
2: I
1: think that does it. Cool.